We are the Love Jays, and you're listening to Married Millennials. A conversation about navigating life, love, and relationships, one student loan payment at a time. I'm Joy. I'm Justin. Let's get to it. Hello, and thank you for tuning in to episode 114 of Married Millennials. We hope all of you had an amazing, outstanding weekend. We had an amazing weekend because this past week we upgraded our lives and finally got a king mattress. The blessings, the beauty, the excitement, the everything that is involved with getting a king mattress. Joy and I have been sleeping on a queen mattress since college. Well, we slept on every size. We discussed this this weekend. We started in a twin because, you know, the dorms dorms. have twins. And then Justin had a full from childhood. So then we were on the full, and then you got the queen while we were in college. Yeah, sophomore year of college, I got yeah. the queen. And then we've been sleeping on a queen mattress since Ever 2008. Since. Gosh. No, and you no, had a queen, like, too. 2010? No, baby. Sophomore year of college was 2008. I got that in 2008. Oh, wow. That's 10 years. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, we've been Where's sleeping on the same going? mattress. And then when you got your own place, you yeah, brought your queen from home. I have my home. queen, yeah. So even then, we were, we were still sleeping in a queen-size mattress. So we haven't necessarily been sleeping on mine for 10 years. Yeah. But we've been in a queen-size mattress since 2008. And this week, we got a king and y'all. Life-changing. Now, Joy has said many times my extremities are a little longer than most. Yeah, and I a have, lot. I have a habit of sleeping with my hands to my head and my elbows extended. So there have been a few times at night where Joy has rolled over and boom, got, got matched with the elbow. Yeah. I, Unintentionally, I take an elbow of course. and an eye socket like, <laughs> regularly. While sleep, disclaimer, yeah, while yes. sleep. This is definitely, this is unconscious yeah. just and knocked out sleep. But again, it's, it's my comfort position. I feel good like that. I enjoy it. I, I, I get to sleep a little better. So there are times where I've rolled over and I didn't know I was that close to Joy. And I'm like, oh, I'm so sorry, baby. And now that we got the queen, there is so much room. Like, literally, both of us are spread out. The dogs are in the bed, and we still aren't touching each other. You know what's interesting is Justin's always saying he doesn't want me all up on him, and I'm the one who's, like, you know, in his space. But... I, I every once in a while, yes, I want to cuddle or I reach out with my feet or something because I just I want a little bit of love. But for the most part, Justin's the one in my space with either his elbow or he's like breathing on my face on my pillow, which I feel is disrespectful. That is disrespectful. <laughs> I'm asleep though. Like you can't you can't Knocked blame out. you can't oh, blame my, the I conscious mean, me for my open, unconscious just, actions. <sighs> like what? Yes, I am about mouth breather. So rude. So rude, and I just have to deal with it. Like I can't be mad. And then the thing is, I'm so in love. I'll, I'll be looking at him like he's still so cute. I'm like, oh, he's. Or you'll cute. take pictures or videos of me that are I of me take, knocked out. I have hella pictures and videos. I I just want to make like a whole like a iMovie quick time movie of just a collage and video montage of you knocked. Why do we do that? Like, why do we have an obsession? Because I'm guilty too of taking pictures and videos of people when they're asleep. Like I don't know what the what the the excitement behind that is, but it's like every time you see somebody caught sleeping, it's like, oh, we gotta take out our phones and take pictures and videos or put Snapchat filters on their faces. I think there's just something innocent about it. It's like to see somebody unconscious. I think that was uh, George Carlin. He has this joke, and it's about you know us as a species. Like if somebody were to come observe us, it would be weird because we're all moving about during the day, and then at night we're collectively knocked. Like, it's just, it's weird. Sleep is weird. That's fair. Yeah, you're but, not present. But it, it is it is interesting to see, because again, I'm, I'm guilty. But we have, we have been sleeping a lot better 
our bed is probably like three feet higher than it was before. Yeah, so, so that I'm having an height. issue with. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not quite sleepy. My body is better, but I'm not knocked out to the point where. I would like to be quite yet because I'm aware that I'm high. And then also when I roll around, I'm not sure if I'm going to fall off or not. You know, because I'm just like, I'm not used to having that much space. Like here's My thing is I, I've, I've, I haven't slept in a king bed very often, but I've never feared that I'm going to fall out of the bed because you can feel the mattress underneath your body yeah. and then there's nothing there. So if you start rolling, your leg will probably move first and then you would feel like, okay, maybe I'm no longer on the mattress. Right. Also, so like to have that, that unconscious thought is a little kicked strange. a dog off a of bed before. I've done that before. <laughs> That's a shame. You guys, I kicked our dog so hard. And I don't know what it was. I don't know. If, you know how you have those little twitches? But I was... I mean, <laughs> this is bad. so rude. This is bad. So we were asleep, obviously. And it was probably like three o'clock in the morning, and I, my leg all of a sudden like twitched, and like, and then I heard like a book, book. And my dog, I had kicked him so hard, he hit the wall and then slid down. <laughs> and you laugh because I feel, I do, I feel so bad. You should feel bad. I feel so bad. Disrespecting so, my dog. Well, like be, that. because of that, like, I would feel really bad if I did that at this height. No, I, I I get that, but yeah. there's so much more room though. It's different. I, I don't think that should be an issue, but I, it's one of those things. Now I'm gonna start adding this into our marriage conversations. A king size bed is now mandatory for anyone who is married. You just just do it. It's it's one of those things where we sh- you have to, like if you really think about it. Like when you get married and some who aren't married and live together, it's like you're sharing the bed. You're sharing a bed for the rest of your life mm-hmm. with someone, and that's kind of crazy when you think about it. And a queen size bed, if you're above that five, is crazy. Yeah, if you're you above six about foot, it. like you're literally sharing a bed with someone for the rest of your life, and we we're sharing these small beds. Why? Which isn't like the most comfortable. It's thing not. To it's do. not comfortable at all. Like, yeah. let's, let's put logic behind this. Growing up, we had our own bed. Like, even if you had a twin bed or a full bed, like, it was you your, your bed. Space, you yeah. could sleep in the middle if you wanted to sleep on the left. You want to sleep on the right. Like you, you're fine. And I remember when I upgraded to my queen-size bed, I was like, I can fully spread my legs and be comfortable. So I was good with the queen. I was like, oh, I don't need a king. But then Joy and I started sharing this this queen-size bed, and we just relegated to half the bed. Okay, I'm just going to take right. this quarter of the bed, and you're going to take... Which isn't a twin. It's not qu- a twin. No, it's not a twin at all. I think this is it's a twin. It's smaller than a twin. Yes, yeah. because the box spring for kings are two twin-size twin yeah. mattresses. Equivalent too, so you can you can see that. So you're sharing smaller than a twin size bed, and you're doing this for the rest of your life. And we just thought that this is an okay and acceptable thing to do. Mm-hmm. I was one of those people, but now that we have this king, I said never again in life. So if you're currently sharing a queen size bed or smaller, just upgrade your life. Yeah. Get a king because there's something peaceful about being able to go to sleep and still spread out and not being able to touch someone. Right. That it that feels you can good. touch them. It's just nice to not have to. Correct. Yeah. So get a king. It's it's now a Love Jay's mandatory act. Right. That you need to upgrade your your mattress game. Yeah. Now, granted, I'm six four, so I'm I'm a little taller than most people. Yeah. But you will still be very happy with yourself. Like imagine if someone was like five ten and five eight in a king size bed. Like you guys can literally oh. swim laps, roll over <laughs> six times in each direction, and not feel each other. Right. So just elevate your marriage game. And upgrade your life to a king-size mattress. Something else that was fun about this weekend is we spent Saturday with my niece and nephew, who are five and seven, respectively. And we actually drove my nephew down from Los Angeles to my mom's house. And I didn't mind it. 
I didn't mind it. Like, so past Joy would have been like, so you're going to stick me with a seven-year-old on the road? Yeah, I, you know, like, I have to feed him? What? Like, I really would have felt some type of way. And not because, like, I'm trying to be disrespectful, but because I was genuinely, like, clueless on how to interact <laughs> with children. Like, just... Was clueless? Was, I'm not clueless now. Okay. I don't feel clueless. You think I'm clueless? No, you're not. You're not. No. We'll get to that later. Yeah. I I saw an interview with Mindy Kaling, and she was saying that she was never a huge kid person. And I related to this because she said, I was the person who would walk up to a three-year-old and be like, how do you do? <laughs> and that's how I feel. Like, I just want to interact on, you know, my level. And I, But the other side of it is I am a giant kid. So I'm figuring out the balance. But as I'm getting older, I'm definitely getting better, which is a relief to me. Because as we've talked about on the show, you know, we're starting to think about parenting and all that jazz. And it's nice to actually, for real, for real, for real, be, want to do that and um, be more and more ready uh, for that challenge. And I think that this weekend was kind of more of a, like, oh, okay, like, you are not annoyed. You are around kids and you're good. Justin, you were in there, like, swimwear, literally. Yeah, legitimately was yeah. in swimwear, hanging yeah. out with the kids. But on the car ride, it was, it was a little different for me because I like to ride in silence. And when it, it's just something that I enjoy doing. I like to be able to hear my thoughts move when I'm in the car. And her nephew was playing a video game the entire time mm-hmm. with the volume up. So I had the, the theme music of this video game just on repeat for an hour and 40 minutes to get to uh, my mother-in-law's house. And I was like, okay, that was, that was a lot. Like I realized I wasn't annoyed by it, but I couldn't he- listen to the sounds hear joy and get you because know, he kept asking oh let me show you this let me show you this right. part of the video game and, and, and kept interjecting so between the sound of the game joy and her nephew interjecting or engaging this conversations about the video game I, I didn't have much energy beyond that to then just drive like all i was able to do in that moment was to drive like if i was asked to engage in a conversation and listen to this i think i would have completely lost my my, my mind in not a very good way so I was like, okay, good. That, that's good to know where you are at, Justin, as far as your noise capacity. Right. And then once we got to the place, when we got, got to, to my mother-in-law's house, he got out the car and he was eating chips and popcorn. And there were just chip crumbs and popcorn crumbs yeah. in the back seat. And I was like, oh, Lord. See, I was is... going to come back out and get the... I was just trying to get him in the house. Yeah, like, I, can I was... we get him... Inside. I was not going to lock the car door without getting all those chips oh, and crumbs outside of the vehicle. It's, because the reality is, is if we didn't do it, we would have forgot about it. And I, then they would have stayed there. Genuinely, and I know you don't believe I me. I do but, not believe but, you for one but second. My, I was going to take them inside the house, drop the bags off, and come right back out and clean it. Because I saw it immediately. I was like, ooh. But, but you were You were going to do that? I prom- On our relationship, that's how serious I am, on our relationship... That's what I would have done. Okay. Well, you never make that. So then oh, yeah. I, then, then how, I you believe you. You know I'm telling the truth. Yeah, that's I, true. I was like, no, because um, I I don't like crumbs like that either. So, but the thing is, during the road trip, I knew that it didn't make sense for me to tell him to turn the game down. I didn't want to inhibit any of his experience at for all. For sure. Because well, that's I why just, I didn't say anything. Right. And I felt like, and even him, because he kept asking me like to look at these levels. I couldn't see the screen. He was turning. I couldn't see. I was like, oh, yeah. Dang, you had me fooled. I was like, oh, yeah, she can really see. I could I'm out not here visualizing see. with you based on your conversations. Yes. 
So you played him and me. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. So I put in work too. I know you feel like I wasn't as interactive, but but the amount no, of play I, was you different. were definitely interactive. It, yeah. I'm saying I couldn't be interactive because I had reached my threshold for noise. Yeah. So but there I'm was no saying, ability like, for me to be. As far as the whole thing goes, because you had the pool, but by the time we got to the pool, I was done. I was like, all right, we've done, we did the car ride, we've done bubbles. I've watched you on the scooter. Because that's kids just want you to pay attention to them. That's really all it is. That's, that's what it. I learned. They just want attention, just like dogs. They just yeah. want attention all the time. <laughs> but and the difference is the dog will just sit there. That is true. Kids don't. No, they want to make noise, and they want to talk to you, and then yeah. they're just excited. So, I mean, it's all things that we're learning about ourselves. I just know through all interactions with kids that my patience has grown by tenfold, hundredfold yeah. in, in the last five years. I, before, I couldn't even stand the sight of kids i didn't want to be around kids i wouldn't hold babies now i just like oh baby hold 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 yeah and then you know, we went to the pool and i was in the pool teaching her niece how to swim yeah you know helping them jump into the pool walking them down into the deep end then coming back yeah. we were in the pool for probably a smooth 45 minutes to an hour i feel like that was an hour yeah just hanging out i but- was waiting for you to look and be like okay can i switch this shift with somebody but you were good no nah, you, you have to be because i mean at the end of the day it's they want to have fun and as an adult, you can easily say, like, no, I'm not going to engage in this. But then if you don't engage, then they're being disruptive by themselves. And now everyone's watching from afar. I was like, look, I'm going to just hop in the pool and I'm going to be super uncle and get it done. And you were. They love you. They really do. It's, it's very special to see. I love watching you with kids because my ovaries are like. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Oh my gosh! Yeah, that's I, sound, I, that's gonna be the day like, la, 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 when we come on this show and let you guys know that we are with child. That yeah. is going to be the day, right? And y'all are just gonna see it all just pan out over the months to follow. Then when we have the child, like, can y'all really imagine this? Like trying to get no. space to record this show for forty-five minutes to an hour. Like, imagine what that's going to look like. I don't even know what that looks like. When are we going to be able to maybe record? We'll just have, like, a baby right here. Like, okay. Just sitting here, like, okay, y'all might hear some crying. We're gonna, right. We're going to get like, real, <laughs> real new with the production of Mary right. Millennials when that comes. But I, I'm very interested to see how that plays out. But eventually it'll happen soon. Yeah. And we'll keep you guys posted when right. that happens. But stop asking questions. If you thought you had some questions, don't right. ask no questions. Right. But, I mean, nothing's going on right now. We can confidently say that. Very true. You're, we're, we're good. I had a pretty dope project to complete this past week. A friend of mine had reached out on Thursday and asked of a nearly impossible task. And they were like, okay, we need some shirts printed. On We need this design printed on these shirts. And we need an online store set up ready to rock in 24 hours. And if anyone has dealt with the peril, trying to get shirts, 300 shirts printed in a matter of a, a small window and have an online store set up is, is really, really difficult. But when your friends ask you to do things, you just got to rise to the occasion. And you hear me talk about all the time with like an expectation of excellence. That's just what we, that's what we live, what we breathe. And I'm sure to joy chagrin at times. She's like, can you just relax? But like, anytime I put my name on something, I want to make sure it's executed well. So when I got this email and was asked for this favor, I said, okay, this is a tall task, but I'm going to go ahead and, 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 and make it happen. And sure enough, I was able to make it happen, and, and things went relatively smooth. And it probably took up all of my bandwidth from Thursday through Sunday, Sunday morning. And it, it was just one of those, those feelings that I told Joy once the project was completed. I was like, as an entrepreneur, you set the deadlines. 
Mm-hmm. Like you are in charge of when things need to be done by. There's no one's telling you, like, okay, you need to have this done. Now, obviously, if you're working you know, with a contractor or you hired out someone to help complete a project, you have deadlines. But, and again, but then again, like, you're your own boss, so you are in control of when deadlines hit. So this was the first time in months where I had a project that had a deadline that I wasn't in control of. And once we were able to execute the project, it felt really, really good to have and operate under a deadline again because I hadn't had that feeling in it was a tight six, deadline. seven months. Yeah, it was a super tight deadline. But it, it, it was just one of those where I was like, okay, Jay, you still got a little bit of hustle in you. Can you move? Because there are times like when you're working for yourself, like you don't, you can't celebrate your wins the same way because there's just an infinite amount of work that has to be done. So you're just like, okay, this is one check mark on a list of thousand things to do. So you don't really allow your time to celebrate. And then if you look at your bottom line, you really don't have time to celebrate. Right. But this one, you allowed me to, to receive a project, execute the project, and then look and see the results of the project being completed and, and everybody was satisfied. And I was like, ah. Oh. This was a nice feeling. I haven't had right. that feeling in a while. And again, just to work with, with that type of adrenaline was really fun. So I was like, okay, well, maybe I do miss a little bit of that. That's like the only maybe good side of having a, a corporate gig is you get to work under deadlines and have pressures. And it took me back to when I used to work in, in sports media. And I was working on the news desk and things would come across. and You just constantly had to move and you had a very small window to get things done because news producers are in your ear saying, we need this footage. Can you get this? We're trying to put this on the live show. And obviously, if you're recording live TV, there's no room for error. So you, you, I was used to operating in that space, so it felt nice to kind of go back there and, and get it done. So yeah, it was just my, my win for the week. I want to share with you guys. Yeah, that sounds like stress to me. I, I, I understand what you're saying, and the end result does sound rewarding, but the journey to get there doesn't sound like something that I need to be doing. Like, that's, that's just the truth of the matter. And I do, I mean, even in college, I did feel like I worked better under procrastination, but or, or when I procrastinated and worked better under pressure. But it's just different because you're aware of the project still. So you're you're really ruminating and like, okay, what are my ideas or whatever. If you have no idea something's happening and then Thursday you get word and it needs to be 100% complete product delivered Sunday. Saturday. Or Saturday, yeah. Like I, that to me... <laughs> Doesn't sound like that's a challenge I can rise to. That sounds like maybe you should call someone else. <laughs> <laughs> At least you're honest, though. I, res- yeah. I respect your honesty. It's like, nah, yeah. I'm maybe not going to be able to do that. No. But I-, I do like that. that it- that's a- it's a lot of focus. It's a lot of focus. Think it- about it. It is. It, it's it's a, a it was. But it was, it was like, again, it was just nice to be able to lock into something. Because, again, yeah. with growing the business that I started this year, as well as growing Love Jays, like, again, there's just so much that needs to be done. So you just don't – there's not real projects that you have that you can then wash your hands with. Like, that, that doesn't really exist. So, like, this one was a project I was able to complete and then wash your hands of it and be done. So it, 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 was, it, it is a stressful thing. Now, I'm not saying I want to feel that – stress every single time and, and work and live in that. Right. But it was just nice to revisit that that little, that, that chaos, you can say, and, and be able to, to, to get it done because you get to work under pressure. It's, I don't know, I just feel like you're on the court. When you, when you got, it's tied game, 10 seconds left. 
Like you got to take the last shot. Who's gonna win? If you if you make this, you win. If you lose, if you miss it, you lose. You go into overtime. Like there's just something about that pressure that feels good. And I and I had I was able to exhibit that pressure this week, and, and I, I enjoyed it. You know, just sometimes it just feels good to accomplish things when you are unexpected or or when your back is against the wall. I, I enjoy I enjoy those moments. I just live for the moment. I, I I can understand that. I can objectively understand that. I just don't feel that way. <laughs> but at the end of the day, what happened to your back? My back did my my back did tighten up a little bit. Locked up. <laughs> He's in pain. He's looking at me like, could you massage me? So Justin's in pain. His back's in pain because tension, right? You're really like going hard, 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 hard. And he had said, I think on Saturday you said something about your back. Then you brought it up again on Sunday. Then you brought it up again and again. And Justin's not one to repeatedly ask for a massage or something. So I'm like, okay, he must really be feeling it. And I went to massage him and he wasn't terribly knotted up. But then I started to feel like just, pure tension. That's the best way I can describe it. So I said, all right, you're going to have to take a muscle relaxer, sir, because stuff is, is locked up. And he's like, well, I don't know if I can do that because I have some more work I need to do. I'm like, you're going to need to take tonight off. And you fought me. I definitely did fight you. I, yeah. I, as I told Joy, I enjoy working. I get joy, no pun intended, out of working. I like accomplishing tasks and and seeing things done, I enjoy that. There, and when you just like sit and relax, I'm not good at it. Y'all know that my relaxation okay, struggles are real. But that's something that you need to work on because your body, you're still a human being. Your body still needs you to relax. So that's part of taking care of yourself is saying, hey, I know that I enjoy work. And work is more or less good. I mean, it's good for your pockets at least. I don't know if it's like good for your well-being, but... I don't know. It, 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 if you're doing fun work, it's definitely good for your yeah. well-being. Yeah, and I mean, if you're doing meaningful, meaningful work, exactly. of course. But, but and to that point, of course, we are. You are. Um, but you needed to take a second. Yeah, I need, maybe I, it, I need to take a little you break. You weren't even going to take a second. Like, no, I, I couldn't even get him to At this point, it's 9 p.m. <laughs> on a Sunday. And I'm over here having to argue with him. And he still sent an email. He was like, I, I have to send this email out. Well, and and he, <laughs> I know you needed to, and you said by the, that week, and it needed to still be the, that week, even though Sunday's technically the beginning of the week, but I, I digress. On the calendar, it is, but, Correct. but, but we don't operate that way. But we don't that operate way. that way. Yeah. Monday's the start of your work week, so I yeah. told this, this gentleman I would get him an email this, this week, and it was Sunday, so I wanted to make sure I got him the email. Right. So then I had to allow for an additional 15 minutes of work before he— You hear that? She had to allow— yeah, but my, I don't my work schedule is now being regulated. It needs to be because you're just you've been going hard in the paint since well for six months now. Well, we have no choice. Like I, this is what I'm I trying know to say. We have no don't cho- have a choice. You got to go hard in the paint. Okay, and if your back suffers from it, then then you have to stop and get a massage. And once you get a massage, you take the muscle relaxer and you get back to work. Okay, but like, you buttoned you it needed up to go to sleep. But all I'm saying is that if your body's telling you, "Hey, I need a second, take a second. That's fair. That's all I'm saying. I ended up taking a second, didn't I? I mean, I yeah. got in bed, I put my meditation on, and I fell asleep. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, you did that at least, but I don't know. I just think in general you need to be better about it. 
That's all I'm saying. Well, that's why I have a wife who cares about wellness and mental well-being and your health and all that. So when I'm not necessarily prioritizing it myself, I have the guru yeah. who's next to me who can make it happen. <laughs> I'm not a guru, but I am, you know, I'm very passionate about mental health and it's just something that is near and dear to my heart. And especially this week with uh, the suicides of Kate Spade and Anthony Bourdain, like it was... Oh, it was a lot and it just brought up a lot of my feelings about mental health and renewed my sense of of purpose within that community because I just I never want people to feel shamed or like it's like they they're alone or like it's something that they can't handle. Um and and the truth is I do know that some people can't handle it anymore. In the case of uh Kate Spade and Anthony Bourdain, you know, they had struggled for reportedly a while. And I I'm tired of people vilifying people for committing suicide. I am definitely not advocating for suicide, but I do think that a little bit of compassion could could be, you know, given to those who are, you know, victims of mental illness. It's not that these are were people who are having regular thoughts and feeling regular about life and like, oh, you know what? Something bad happened and I just can't handle it anymore. And I'm I'm just going to go. It's not that these people have like, you know, monsters living inside them that are talking to them constantly, constantly, constantly. And they get to the point where they are so worn down and they've been soldiers. No one, I won't say no one, but it's, probably pretty rare that somebody commits suicide just you know what I've been struggling for about a week now and I just don't want to handle it like it's over a very long period of time these people have fought for so long these people are strong probably the strongest of of all of us because they've been trying to fight through something so if it gets to the point where this voice is so loud that you say okay it is better for me to no longer be here than, than, than to stay and deal with this voice that I can no longer deal with. Like that's saying something, that tells you how sick a person was. And I think, like I said, compassion is due there. That being said, when it comes to mental illness, there are things that you can do that you, you need to do. Uh, the first of which would be to seek professional help. That's just like, Seek the help. The second of which would be you need to take care of your machine, your body, from the inside out. That means eating the right kinds of foods. That means staying away from alcohol and drugs. Like, just keep your body as clean as possible. And I know, like, for me, I've been very candid about my mental health journey. Uh, and I do understand what works for everybody doesn't work. Or what works for one person doesn't work for everybody. Uh, but... In general, taking care of your overall health really does help your mental health. I can tell you that because I've done it. Uh, the other thing is exercise or getting enough sleep. Very basic things. They're just so basic, but they are they do so, so much for your mental health. Meditation, another one. Huge, huge, huge. These things are um, wildly beneficial. But again, it, it might not be a cure. Sometimes you're just really, 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 really sick. Um, and, and at that point, I don't know what the exact right answer is. Of course, there's a suicide prevention hotline. But but to ask somebody who is suicidal to call a, a suicide prevention hotline is just, 
I understand that that's hard because you're in a space where maybe you're not obviously in the right state of mind and you're, you may not be thinking, I need to get help. It might take somebody intervening for help. So as far as that goes, I'm not really sure what the answer is. I, I'm trying to figure it out like all of you. I just, for me, I'm more concerned about the stigma of mental health because I do think a lot of people are are closeted in it. We tend to ignore people's cries for help and dismiss them as, you know, not being positive, not being in a, you're like, oh, you're, I'm not really feeling your frame of mind. I'm just trying to do me. Now, there are people out there who are just straight up negative. They're negative people and you don't necessarily need to be around them. But there are other, other people out there who they're good people. They're pretty positive people, but they may be going through about a mental illness. And those people are the people you need to be there, be a listening ear and help guide them if you can towards either professional help or just, you know, give them words of encouragement and wisdom. Let them know that they are loved and that they are worthy and that they're awesome. That's, you know. When you talked about being candid with your history with depression and living with ADHD and you gave and anxiety and, anxiety and yeah. you gave these recommendations, what would you say was your biggest out of all the, the exercising, the diet, the meditation, seeking professional help? What was the biggest helper in, in allowing you to move beyond your anxiety and depression? Who, um, they they all go so hand in hand. So and I don't know if I've talked about so in two thousand what was that twelve, I had a major depressive episode and it was I didn't even know that it was a major depressive episode. I just and I was living by myself at the time. I had a studio apartment. I would go to work and I'd come home. I'd open a bottle of wine and I would sit in the dark and drink wine. Like that is, that's what I was doing. And in my mind, I didn't even know. That I was depressed. I was just like, oh, like I'm just living life and right now it's a little hard. Uh, well, a lot of hard. I would cry. I was just, I, I just, I mean, pure misery. And I had been depressed for a very long time. If I look back at my journals, even from our college years, the things that I was writing, textbook depression. And I just, I didn't know what it was. I thought that that was my personality. I thought that I was outwardly happy and inwardly sad. And that was just my reality. And and I learned to deal with it. I was just like, well, this is just how life is. This is how life's going to be. And then I'm just going to move forward this way. Um, and I did eventually go to therapy. I went to therapy because my parents were divorcing and I was having a hard time coping with that. Justin and I had had a breakup. And I think we were, I don't know if we were back together by the time I went to, I think we were back together by the time we went to therapy. But just a lot of little things had happened, even just within my life growing up. And I was like, you know what? I just, I want to talk about some things. I was encouraged to go. Uh, so I went and, and someone actually did recognize that it was depression. They said, you know, I was functionally depressed for years and I'm kind of seeing that in you. And, and that's the first time somebody said the words depression to me. Because I just, I never fully understood. I had seen those commercials like, do you not want to go outside? Like, you know, just, yeah. but I still. They dramatize it too much. They they don't, they don't, they make depression as some extreme thing. And the thing is, it is extreme, but most people while depressed are pretty functional. Like yeah, It doesn't paint itself like that. Like you're just right. walking with a rain cloud above your head that everyone right. can see. Right. The fact that I could have a major depressive episode, but still go to work every day. 
um, and still smile when I saw everybody. Like, no one had any. You didn't even know. No, I didn't know any of this. Like, no one knew that I was struggling as bad as I was. But I was desperately sad to the point where <laughs> this. I used to think about. And the truth is, I and I don't know, maybe this is suicidal thought, but I was, even now it's like, what's that? A? But I would think about, okay, I would go to the roof of this building and I would just look outside. I wouldn't go like out to the actual roof, but like the roof access door. And I would just look outside the door and be like, well, if I jumped off, I wouldn't have to feel this way anymore. But then I would think about all the people who would miss me. And I was like, ah. But, and, I, and truth be told, I was never close to walking outside that door and jump. But I, my mind would go there. And I didn't even recognize that that wasn't normal. That's the thing is you get so sick that, and it happens so gradually that you start to think these are just my secret thoughts. This is just how I feel. You don't recognize that it's mental illness. So um, from there, I did go to therapy and I don't even think I shared those thoughts with her. But we worked through some things, th- things that I definitely needed to to work through that I had, had ignored. And I had a lot of suppressed emotions because I just didn't want to deal with them. So that was, I think, step one in helping. Step two I would say was removing alcohol and I, I, and I removed alcohol gradually. I got to the point where I was drinking less and I mean, I haven't had a drink in a pretty long time now. And it's not that I don't like, I, it's not that, Oh, I don't like alcohol at all. I don't, I still don't feel that way about it, but I, I can recognize that when I drink, it gets me really high and I have a good time while I'm drinking, but the come down, the crash from alcohol is really rough on my mental health. I, I sometimes I can be for days after. I'm anxiety riddled. My thoughts just aren't as you know positive as I would like them to be because it does. It's like almost in my brain, it really does create kind of a, a chemical imbalance. Does that mean I can never drink ever? No, it doesn't mean that. But it probably means like you probably shouldn't <laughs> at all. <laughs> so because it is, it's like why go through that. Uh, and then the third thing I would say genuinely is veganism. I just cleaning up my diet was one of the best things I've done for my overall health, but definitely my mental health because that helped rid me of the anxiety. And what you discover about a lot of mental health issues is that they go hand in hand. You know, that I the ADHD would kind of give me more anxiety because I wasn't getting things done. I wasn't on top of things. And then anxiety gives you doubt, which lends itself to depression. And then it just, you spiral. So, and I had to learn all these things because I just, I didn't know anything about mental health or or wellness or taking care of yourself. I just kind of thought you're a person and that's enough. Like you don't have to take care of your thoughts or your habits. They kind of regulate themselves and that nothing could be further from the truth. So definitely um, the vegan diet helped alleviate a lot of anxiety. And I I truly do believe that everything is energy. And when you're consuming animals, and I'm not trying to convert anybody, I'm just saying that when the animals that we eat in in this country especially are, you know, they're they're farmed to, to be slaughtered. Like that's just the race to slaughter. And that energy is very anxious and they're depressed and you know, they're obese, they're sluggish, uh, they're very unhealthy, and then they're slaughtered and we eat them. And then in turn, we take on those qualities. So, And I can say that because I've experienced it. So that was the other thing. And then the, the topper would be meditation. 
once I started meditating, I was like, oh, I can't, I can't be stopped. Now, once I started meditating, I understood, uh, I've always said mental, spiritual, physical, emotional health. Like that's, you have, you have to do all four of those things and that locked in, I think that tied in the spiritual and the physical and the mental and the emotional, it ties them all together, it puts a nice little bow on them. So I, I do, I have mental health practices that I have to participate in every day because just because you've, you're out of depression, I, I haven't been depressed in a very long time, doesn't mean it can never happen again. I know my body now. I know what I know where my mind is capable of going. So now I have to work hard every single day, every single week, every single hour even to manage my mental health. And I'm very protective about it because I know that if, if I don't look out for me and I get myself in, in a spot of... Uh, you know, of depression, I'm the one who has to dig myself out of the depression hole. No one else can do it for me, even if they wanted to. I have to get myself out of that. So it doesn't mean that I don't have the ability to go to those dark places anymore. It just means that I have to fight like hell to not even get there. So when I see, you know, the result of someone being in the dark hole for so long that they couldn't even fight for themselves anymore. I have so much compassion because I know the work that it takes to stay out of the hole. And then I know that the work the work that it takes to get out of the hole. So I see somebody who just couldn't get out the hole. And that makes me, it's devastating. It's devastating. And then for somebody to make them a villain after I know they've been fighting like hell. They've been fighting like hell. Uh, it just, it, it's hurtful. So... I don't know. What are, what are your thoughts? No, I mean those are all. I don't. I don't have any many thoughts to follow that. I mean that's phenomenal information that you shared. You know, for me as being the the husband of someone who has dealt with anxiety, depression, and, and has had her own battles with mental illness, it's it's one of those things where I didn't in the beginning realize what it was because I didn't have the language of understanding it. But now seeing joy take those necessary steps and then becoming more aware of what those steps are and then making those life changes too. You know, where it wasn't for me, you know, going vegan wasn't my decision per se. Right. Uh, going, you know, cutting out alcohol and starting meditating, joy had influence on all that. But yeah. what it did for me is I saw the benefits that were happening because joy was making these changes. And to see someone who has struggled with mental illness to be able to fight and get out of that hole you then look at someone who ne necessarily hasn't dealt with those same those same battles to see the success you're like okay well am i missing out on something is there something in my life that i could improve upon if i try it too so when i decided to to go and move in the vegan direction I had made that decision personally because I saw the benefits that Joy was getting. So then I did that, and I had more mental, clar mental clarity. I wanted peace, internal peace, and so I started meditating. I also eliminated alcohol because I realized with my diet change and the meditation that my mind was in a positive state, and I just didn't want to bring or be around or ingest anything that was not giving me a positive result mm -hmm. and alcohol for the most part was in, in the moment yeah it's fun but like waking up the next day and just feeling unproductive and you're, you have a headache I was like why I, I don't want to feel this anymore because I was on a positive note I was on a body high 
And that's how I have made the, the adjustment. And I will say, and Joy, you can correct me if I'm wrong, I do think it's helpful to have a partner who is moving along this wellness journey with oh, you definitely. to help sustain those lows, I guess. No, definitely. And I haven't really felt like I've had a low. I, I, I've been, I mean, minus the four, I was like, I need to relax. Yep. But even then I was I was just feeling more so mentally drained. I didn't feel like I was on the verge of depression or anything like that. Uh but no, it's definitely helpful. I mean, because the support is built in. And but even if if you weren't on the same exact journey but you were fully supportive, that would be helpful too. And you know, it's it's hard because the world isn't set up for you to mentally thrive. And unfortunately, I think a lot of people learn that the hard way. So you just you have to have the courage to fight for yourself. You have to have the courage to say, you know what, this isn't this isn't working for me. This isn't good for me. And then you have to stop doing it because it's not easy to not really be a drinker. And then you, like society, people drink everywhere. It's not even just an American thing. Like Italy, like everywhere you go, like alcohol is a staple. And food, alcohol and, and food. food are the center of, yeah. of most people's happiness. But then I'm just like, but it's not for for me. For so sure. I was like, ah, oh, that's. That's hard, but I have to do it because, again, I'm the only one who has to be inside my mind. So, I don't know. I just I want to give you all a word of encouragement and tell you you're loved and that you have to fight for yourself. If you know you have habits or you're living a lifestyle or certain things are contributing to your um you know, are, are, are a detriment to your mental health. Take care of it. And also I want to take away the stigma of the, the phrase mental illness because I think when people say, oh, they're mentally ill, you know, even, even when, when people shoot up schools, oh, they're mentally ill. Like it's just, you know, it has to be some extreme thing when I feel mental illness is as common as the flu. Like uh, there are a lot of people who are experiencing symptoms of mental illness and don't even know. They're dismissing it as that's just life. I'm just down. I just, you know, I just drink a lot. <laughs> like, no, you're having symptoms of mental illness. It's okay to address that. It's okay to say it out loud. It's okay to be vulnerable about it. And it's okay to be uh, selfish in your pursuit to fix that. It's okay. Most definitely. And again, I would encourage all the, the spouses, the partners of individuals who may be dealing with their own mental wellness battle to be as supportive as possible and being able to identify and recognize as they give you information to research that information and, and to be as supportive as possible. Because I know that since I've made these lifestyle adjustments, it has been beneficial for Joy, as she just said, because the, the support is built in. And marriage is about compromise and it is about you know being as supportive as you possibly can. And when I said I do, I said I do this forever. And coming with that I do this forever means you may have to change some things. And if, if that allows my marriage to be at its optimal point, then I'm willing to do what's necessary to ensure that my marriage is, it remains at an optimal point. And you've heard me mention it all the time about the weekly wellness newsletter. You know, Joy continually pours in every single week great resources and tools and information that is available absolutely for free. Every Sunday, all you have to do is subscribe to the newsletter and you get jewels every single time. And it's not me just gassing like, oh, sign up for this newsletter. We want you to be a part of it. Like, no, I'm saying subscribe to this newsletter because it can possibly change your life. And if it doesn't change yours, it could possibly change someone else's. 
Like that is a, a real and serious thing and an awesome benefit that Joy has decided to do for her own well-being and the well-being of all of you. So if you have not subscribed to the Wellness Newsletter, make sure you get that done. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to another episode of Married Millennials. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts. And if you love what you hear, please leave us a review and share it with your friends. And as always, let's keep the conversation going online. You can head over to our website, lovejays.com, and you will see all of our social media icons right there at the top of the page. 